Hi, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every Thursday talking to you about entrepreneurship, creativity, balance, wellness, and a whole bunch of other things. Um, And if you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram. It's the best place to communicate with us. Um, It's just Heart and Hustle Podcast, super easy to find. And then if you want to, you can also follow us on on Twitter and Facebook. We're not there as often, but on Twitter, we are Heart Hustle Pod, and Facebook, we are Heart and Hustle Podcast. And if there's anything um, that you just don't feel like DMing us about on Instagram, um, then you can always email us at heartandhustlepodcast at gmail. Um, great place to send submissions if you would like to be on an upcoming episode. Um, but you could also let us know if there's somebody that, you know, you heard on another podcast or you just really like this person and they're creative and you're like, hey, I would love to see them interviewed. Go ahead and tell us. We'll reach out to them. And also if there's any topics that you guys want covered, we always love to hear the content that you want coming up. We're going to be having our Patreon launching soon. So we definitely want to know the things that you guys are interested in hearing us talk about. So. Yeah, and we also are aware of things that we have not talked about, like cryptocurrency and, and, and the other. So we definitely have episodes coming up about some of the things that we haven't really dug our teeth into because we've been in a pandemic and that's how that's going. But I wanted to say thanks to everybody who listened last week. Like I went in to just check the stats and we had a really good week last week. I know we did two episodes, so it was, it was you know a lot, but it still was a lot for two weeks. So if you are new here, Welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. If you're an old listener, thank you. But just thank you for listening. And if you guys ever want to shout out us, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. And then we also always, we accept donations via the link in SoundCloud, which I will leave in the the description box. If you ever want to just say, hey, thanks for creating content for the past five years. We always shout out people who uh, you know, want to be patron, future patron to get patron to get you into the habit of, of getting onto some extra content. But if you have something that you guys are interested in, we would never say no and we'll always shout you out and we appreciate any support because we do this is a labor of love right now. It is, yes. It's a labor of love and we're excited. But we love it because we get to give avenues like our guests today a, a place to speak about their passions. And when they're so people are passionate about what they do, I think they deserve to have an audience and a platform and so it's nice to be able to give them that platform so absolutely I feel like this is a type of work that like lights us up because we get to see people doing what they love loving it and being super passionate about it and I just I'm just one of those people that like I get really really emotional watching people do what they love I mean this is probably like why I spent so long you know doing branding and social media for other businesses because I just love seeing you know, just that like their face light up when everything is working and they're doing what they love and they're just getting paid to do what they love. This is also why I love Broadway. I know that sounds random, but it's so true because you just see people on stage and you're just like, oh, this is like they were meant to do this and they're so in the zone. Um, So our, you know, interviewee today is certainly in the zone. Um, I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode because I think you're going to take away a lot of it, especially if you're an artist. But even if you're not, um, we're really getting into just like the passion behind creating, uh, what drives creatives and that sort of thing. So I think you guys are really going to love this episode. Yep. Definitely agree. Nothing more to say. We will not take away any more time because I really want you guys to get into the interview. As always, we're so happy that you're here and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Hi, 
Ilya. We're so excited to have you on here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining today. And for those who are not familiar with you and what you do, let us, our listeners, know about you and your brand. Hi, thanks for having me. I am an artist, first and foremost. Um, I'm also a print designer. Um, I'm a designer of all sorts. I work in a couple of different mediums, but fine artist would be the best way to describe me. Um, and I've been on a little bit of an art kick the past couple of years that I get to talk to you guys about. I'm really excited to go deep into it, you know? A really long time. I don't want to, I'll age myself because I'm old, whatever. I've, I think I've known you since you were in fourth or fifth grade. Um, and I was about 18 yeah. Oh, yeah. and I worked at the YMCA that you went to and you've been creating since then and you've been good since then. Like it was very much a thing when you were, you know, like a fourth, fifth grader that like you were a little artist, you know, you were always creating, everybody was always interested, um, in what you were just kind of like, you know, in your little journals, like creating little things all the time. Um, so it's been so interesting to watch, you know, you go from that and then to have this like very distinct style that I mean, to me, in my untrained, like I'm not, you know, a visual artist. So to my untrained eye, I started being able to recognize your work when you were in high school. Like I would definitely say that if if you made a piece, Aww. I was like, oh, that's like an Aaliyah style of piece. But I can also see how it's like obviously evolved a lot since then. So I want to know what initially drew you to creating art and what was the journey like finding the ways to create that just best suited you? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's been kind of a journey with a couple of different um, ways of creating. My mother was really adamant about making sure I had hobbies and things to keep me interested, especially being an only child. I just had so much time alone. So it just made sense for her to keep pushing crafts and um, things that I could do by myself on me. And I really enjoyed it. Um, when I was really small, before I, I think I met you, I used to make like earrings out of beads and stuff like that. And I used to experiment with crochet, which, you know, was the <laughs> the dawn of my fiber art career. Um, and it kind of evolved from crochet and craft at home to me doing a completely different, um, you know, avenue. I did dance, I did gymnastics, I did, um, you know, creative things like that. And then when I went on into like middle school, I did <laughs> music. I've been playing upright bass for almost 10, 11 years now. And um, I was it did that, kind of got sick of it. And then I finally landed on visual art. I think I was just like doodling in class, which I always did. I never paid attention. And I just kind of like let the doodles get out of hand. And I went up to my school's art teacher because I had never taken an art class at that point. And I was like, I have all these drawings. I'd like to join the art class. Maybe I can do um, the, the second level or something instead of being a beginner. And she's like, oh, let's just put you at the top level. And so I did that my junior year. And then senior year, next thing I knew, um, I was transitioning from going to school for music or doing something um, related to that to just saying, well, screw it. I'm just going to do visual arts. I'm going to doodle on the corners of pages for the rest of my life anyways. I might as well make some money off of it. And it kind of just snowballed into <laughs> into now, um, you know, I've, I've graduated with my BFA. I've been able to kind of carve out like a little space for myself. And it's been really surreal. <laughs> just thinking back to how it all started with like a doodle in my geography. Well, it works. You know? I mean, it's really just the like, it's such an organic situation because it's like you really just 
were creating and expressing yourself and loving it and you were good at it. And it's just one of those things that it ended up working out that you could do it for a career. But it's really just something you've like, I, like I said, since I've met you and you were a child, you've always just been good at it. And it's like, not to say that creating art is easy, but you can just tell that it was something that came very naturally to you, you know? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it doesn't always feel natural. I think, um, it, it, it feels natural in the sense of like creating has always been something that has been second nature to me. But I think now that I'm 25 and I've been able to have at least eight years solid where I've been focusing on it, I feel like I'm constantly relearning everything again. And I let it not feel too natural, if that makes sense. I've been kind of in a space recently where, you know, I, I know what I can do and I'm I'm starting to figure out, you know, what's the best way of working? What actually works for me? What am I making that actually resonates with me and everyone else around me? You know, it's, um, I feel like I'm learning everything all over again. And I, I feel like that's a great space to be in. You know, I, I'm so afraid of getting stagnant that I feel like I have to reteach myself every three months just to make sure we're in, in good shape, you know? You're incredibly young, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of people um, will kind of figure out what they're going to do a little bit later on. Um, and so when it's been something that you've been, you know, creating in some way, shape or form for so long, yeah, I think it is important to kind of go back to the drawing board and be like, how can I look at this in a new way? Like I've done this before, I know this, but like with the life experience that I've gained and with just like what I've created so far, um, you know, can I look at this in a new way? I definitely feel that way, like with my camera because, you know, I had a 10 year career behind the camera and then I was like, oh my God, I never want to pick up a camera again. Like I hate it. And I'm just now getting back into kind of being like, ooh, I kind of want to like pull my camera out and take a photo. Like, and I think that part of that is just me being in a new environment too, um, which obviously like you've gone from Orlando to New York City. So I'm sure like that helps too, just kind of being in a new environment and like, you know, well, you went from Orlando to Savannah to New York City. Um, And so I think that like changing up your environment and looking at things in a different way can really help, you know, when it comes to creating. Yeah, I think often now, especially with um, social media and just a lot of things taking up your attention and time, I've realized it's so easy to let time slip away from you when you're not making work, you know, like I will finish a piece and then a week will fly by like nothing um, where I'm not making. And it's just, I I never want to put myself in the position where, you know, a lot of time has passed and I'm like, wow, I, I haven't really been investing in creating and I found that like keeping myself really interested outside of my home and outside of my practice keeps my art practice alive you know I often before I you know really felt settled in New York I often felt really resentful of you know having to make work and having to always kind of like keep going and keep going and I took like a year-long break actually right after I graduated Um, I didn't really make anything I was focusing on just like establishing a life and then once the, the newness of my situation kind of, you know, felt a little less scary and more comfortable. I was able to really take that as inspiration and channel it into, you know, a completely different new way of making here. And it just sometimes the ebbs and flows of your creative career will go a long lull where nothing is happening. And sometimes everything is just happening at once. So just trying to, I'm now trying to set myself up for the lulls and for the highs, that's you know? So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so I totally wanted to go to SCAD as a kid. That was my favorite <laughs> school. 
Um, so what was SCAD like for you? Um, and then how did you find, think your time there as a student affected you as an artist? Oh, well, I walked out with <laughs> six figures of debt. So that was cute. But a great experience otherwise I think I've been able to appreciate it more now that I've had a couple of years away from it because it was really intense and a lot of people you know they often have the reaction oh, you went to SCAD and you graduated because it, it is it's really intense honestly like there were a couple of there were like at least five separate occasions where I where I thought I wasn't going to make it out of there you know yeah. like with a degree or with my life like so over the top busy all of the time in a way that I was kind of upset about in the middle of it because I thought, you know, I would love to party. I would love to, you know, do X, Y, and Z that, you know, every other college student gets to do. But the nature of it being an art school really changed everything about how I thought about education because it opened my eyes to what it could be as opposed to what I should expect from education. And I am very grateful that I had the opportunity to go because I it's opened so many different doors for me. And those doors have opened, of course, because of my own work ethic and what I've done. But I can't deny the fact that the connections that I made at SCAD, being able to use those resources and just being in a, a warm place where all I had to focus on was art did you know, everything it needed to for me. And I think if I had gone anywhere else, I wouldn't be here at all. I think um, it's it's one of those scenarios where you kind of have to bite the bullet and make the investment in yourself if you really feel like this is something that's going to, you know, pay off over time. And I really didn't think it was going to pay off. <laughs> Even up until like, a, you know, a year ago, I thought, wow, that was the dumbest investment I ever made. But, you know, it's it's given me so many experiences draw inspiration from. Like I was able to go to France because of SCAD. I was able to, you know, have opportunities and be in a fashion show and do X, Y, and Z because of SCAD. And I'm so grateful. But when I tell y'all it was a nightmare of <laughs> four years of just like lots of work, it was crazy. I'm I'm still like on the rebound from it, to be quite honest. I felt like uh, I, I'd never be able to, you know, work that way again. And in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm really glad I learned how to so I can, you know, balance out my work-life balance a little bit more because it was – you know, six, seven days a week. Work, I remember work, work. like when you were at SCAD and just how much, and I'm, I know you didn't share like near close to everything you created, but what you did share was a lot. Like I was just like, my goodness, they're creating a lot. And it's interesting because like, you know, I graduated high school in 2005. So like uh, social media wasn't what it was today. It was like MySpace, you know what I mean? So people couldn't share like, you know, what they were up to in like the same way. So like any friends I did have that, you know, went to any creative schools at that point, like I wasn't really like seeing or understanding like what it was they were up to. But with you, it's like, like I said, like you shared, I'm sure there was so much more that like was even happening. But even just what you shared, I'm just like, wow, these are very intense elaborate it's almost like you were working for SCAD you know what I mean and just like constantly creating um so I can't even imagine like what that must have been like it just seemed very non-stop yeah the um the way that it was structured even the semesters was completely different than I'd ever experienced I'm used to like a binary kind of system with like schools um like there's you know fall and then there's like spring and then that's pretty much it you know and with SCAD there were four semesters every year 
three were mandatory. So every, the semesters were about 10 weeks long. So that means you had about nine weeks after syllabus week to really like learn all your content, produce projects, sometimes like three or four and do your final. And at the time I was like, okay, this is kind of crazy. But looking back now, like I have some projects that I'm working on for freelance that take six months for one project, you know? And school, I was doing like four projects at once in like 10 weeks. <laughs> like it was, it was really insane. I, I didn't sleep a lot. I, you know, there was always the joke, sleep comes after death, like the acronyms for SCAD. But looking back, like that's so unhealthy, you know? And I'm glad that I went through working <laughs> in the worst way possible <laughs> to figure out, you know, like I don't have to live like that. Like I can create and not have to do an all-nighter every week, you know? But SCAD definitely- Yeah, that's, that is, yeah, <laughs> so it sounds like you're describing like an artist can it really pushes your creativity to the point where you're not even creative anymore you're just producing at that point you're a producer exactly and it it very much like I had I had a kind of a love-hate relationship with it because it was very content focused as opposed to theory and I'm really if I could do it all over again I think I would definitely have my SCAD experience but I would love to also pursue something more fine arts focused as opposed to like commercial art which SCAD kind of was and they had a lot of really great professors, courses, a lot of really, you know, like-minded people who were in the same boat as me, who wanted something, you know, a little bit more rich in theory and, you know, in history. And SCAD was really good at preparing you for what it's actually going to be like. You know, like I didn't even realize I was training to be a content creator when I was in school, but that's essentially what it was and sprinkled in with education. And I'm not mad at that because it's proven to work out you know but it's it left me really wanting to you know have that traditional art school experience as opposed to this like kind of hybrid you know commercial art school experience and I don't know I'm I'm I think SCAD is doing really amazing things in preparing creatives okay. for what the world is right now I don't think I would be able to have the same like opportunities or even like skill level if I had gone to like a more traditional art school but you know I I think that the older I am now like the more I want to go back to like the basics of art making you know like I want to I want to relearn the foundations like I want to learn theory I want to do all of that and you know if I ever take on a master's program like I think that's the direction I would head in um I I I think the commercial art (laughs) that has come out of SCAD and that time has been really great it's been they've been producing artists that I I still haven't seen anywhere else other than coming from SCAD, but it's just, you know, it's a whole yeah. new world. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that it, that's unfortunately like the reality of, you know, with social media and content creation and stuff like that nowadays is that for a lot of people to make it, they do have to be producing a lot. So I do like that they don't like lie to you about like what you're getting into. They're like, this could be your situation. And it's like, obviously the hope is to be able to like create a presence for yourself, a name for yourself, whatever, in that you can kind of dictate and say, hey, I don't want to be constantly doing it this way. I would like to have more rest in my life and things like that. But unfortunately, the reality is, is like a lot of times there is a lot of hustle at the beginning of a career. Um, And so rather than just like throwing you out into the world and not giving you that skill set, they, you know, kind of make sure that you can pretty much create, uh, you know, under pressure, basically. Yeah. And I was like in a pressure cooker for like four years straight. And so I feel like I can really like handle my own and 
projects. Like I, I recently, um, I'll have some work in Yay! Target um, oh next year. And, yeah. <laughs> that, and that was a crazy project. And I was like so nervous. And I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, a huge corporation. This is the kind of stuff that I'd only ever dreamed of doing. And the whole process felt like an entry level class compared to like yeah. what I used to do at SCAD, you know, like they really did prepare me for what I, you know, what I'm, I'm doing now. And I'm, I'm super grateful, you know, like opportunities have come up and I've been like, Oh, that's easy. Light, light work, you know? So it's, it's a mixed bag, you know, going to like a more uh, hybrid art school as opposed to like a traditional, you know, place. I, I think SCAD is great at what they're doing. I think, you know, schooling is just expensive no matter what you're doing. Like, I think I would have paid that money no matter where I went. And I'm just grateful because they gave me scholarships and, you know, they had opportunities available that I would have never been able to access, you know, just on my own. Cause I had no art connections prior to going to school. Like no one in my family is really in the art world or an artist or creative. And this was, you know, kind of like my my own venture that I was like taking a gamble on and my mom keeps joking that she's going to be working for me one day soon which I would love if your mom worked for you and I feel like that would make a lot of sense and be awesome and I love your mom shout out to your mom if she's listening because I love her represent South Florida (laughs) in Jersey City and it's been a great transition having her so close (laughs) I think it's long time for me to put my mom on the payroll because I think she would hate it working for me I am an astute business (laughs) and I don't think she'd be able to handle my demands at this point so okay I want to get into materials and techniques because like wow you've just you you do a lot of different things um and as again someone who is just like not an artist not in that world I'm just very blown away and I'm just like, where do all these materials come from? How do you decide on these techniques? So like what materials and techniques are you currently using to create? And is there a connection between like the process and the message of your work? Because you have a very strong message to your work, especially I would say like the past, like maybe two or three years. Let's take a list of all the mediums I'm working on right now. So I'm most known for my tufting work right now, um, making rugs, quote unquote, but they're fine art pieces in in my practice. Um, they're not floor pieces, only wall pieces made with yarn. Um, and that has been crazy. It's just kind of um, been my favorite medium to work in because it's a lot faster than a lot of the textile um, mediums that I'm used to working in. But that's what I'm doing the most in right now. I also weave, um, I crochet, <laughs> I draw, I paint, I embroider. Um, what else do I do? I sew, I <laughs> I collage. Like there's a lot of different ways of making that have, you know, been really instrumental in expressing myself. And I think I'm always going to be picking up something new to be working in, Um I don't know. I, I, I like to keep my hands busy. And I find that with textile art, it gives me a lot of free room to make everything from from the, the very beginning to the end um, and have the creative control in like facet of what I'm making. Um, 
I think every every medium that's come into my life recently has kind of just been like I, I picked up one and then, oh, this sounds interesting after learning more about it. Let me pick that up and see if I can combine it with this. And I think the um, culmination of it all will be at my solo show that I am having in Cincinnati. Um, I'm going to figure out how to combine like four different mediums <laughs> into like one piece and just try and bring them all together because they are very separate. Um, and some of them, like the tools inform the message. Sometimes the message informs the tools. And right now I'm kind of just playing with so many different things. It's kind of hard to say, you know, what is more impactful than the other. It's kind of hard to say what I like more than the other. I feel like I'm just kind of like playing in the sand with all these different like toys and you know, I'm, I'm just having so much fun that it's kind of hard to pigeonhole myself into like one thing right now. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out though how to combine my one true love of embroidery with tufting along with maybe like two-dimensional like paint as well. Um, I'm, it's kind of, kind of a mess right now <laughs> to be quite honest. It looks like I have a clear idea of what it looks like in my head, but I don't think many of us have seen what like three, four different mediums of textile art looks like on one canvas before. So it's really all of what I'm doing are just like visual experiments, trying to see what works and what doesn't. And I find that with drawing, it becomes really static and paint kind of becomes really static. But with textile art and with yarn and, you know, all of these like materials and tools, like it feels so alive. Like the yarn that I'm using was at one point, you know, wool that was on a sheep. Like the the tools that I'm using, I have to put every stitch into the the backing, you know, one stitch at a time. Like it's very intentional. It's very, there's so many processes involved. It's, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Like if you don't have a lot of patience, you definitely couldn't, you know, dive into this world, but it's all I have is time and patience right now. So it's been kind of a joy to, you know, do all of these things that take like 40 hours, you know, it's yeah. Kind of insane, but very fun. But it pays off because your work is beautiful. You know, I, it's one of the things that I think people who aren't artists or don't do, you know what I mean? Like you have to understand the work, the hours that go into creating right. these things. It's just so much time. Like even in Baker, I think I saw a video today about those, uh, what are the geo cakes? And how he had mm-hmm. to put in the pieces of sugar one by one. And he was like, it was the worst thing I've ever done, but it's the most beautiful <laughs> thing I've ever done. I don't love those cakes, but you know, it was gorgeous when he was done, you know, but he had to put them in one by one. So I think it's just appreciating the fact that you take the time to A, look at the materials and also put in that time to learn the techniques and things that you're doing. It's truly a labor of love. Um, I'm, I I don't know why I'm so drawn to like more labor intensive crafts, but I think the, the idea of just all of the effort and the love and the intention that's put into the piece really shows in the end result. And I think that's what keeps me going and keeps me doing all of these like (laughs) all of these crafts that have been around since you know the beginning of time almost like weaving has been in you know the the human experience for as long as we've been able to like hunt and gather and just knowing that there's this connection with this really like ancient feeling um way of creating just makes me feel so privileged and 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 lucky to be able to carry on things like this and and carry it on in a contemporary way, you know, and I'm, it's never lost on me how, how traditional and how, you know, almost obsolete a lot of these tools and ways of making are compared, like I've been able to weave on looms that are attached to the floor that I have to just move myself. And I've been able to weave on looms that are fully 
you know, automated to a computer and both are so special, you know, and it's just, I don't know, I want to always be able to embrace these techniques that have been here much longer before me because they clearly work. And it's just, it feels like such an honorable thing being able to keep it going. As someone who like has no idea how long or how laborious the process is, I can say that just, you know, from being like on the, you know, consumer side of it and, you know, having some of your pieces in my home, I do feel actually a difference of like from piece to piece. Like, you know, if I have like one of your printed works, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. This is fun. And this makes my space, you know, feel like pretty. And then I have um, a piece that you did in high school that was painted and like there, it's like a one of a kind thing. So that it feels like very special, it feels interactive, it feels very custom. But then I have like one of your, you know, textile rugs and that it honestly, like if I had to like pick a word to describe it, it feels like it brings warmth into my home. That's the way I feel like it, it just is like a sense of warmth around it. And it just feels so homey. And it feels like one of those things that like, you know, you'll keep forever and like pass down to your children. Like you're investing in like an art piece that is going to stay in the family. So it's like, even though I don't fully understand all of the processes and the, you know, the materials, the techniques, I don't fully get all that. Like what you're doing, it works because to someone who doesn't understand those things, like the like emotion and meaning through it comes through. Thank you. I, I always hope that that's what someone feels when they have a peace of mind hanging up. Um, because that's what I, I always want to put out into the world with my pieces. And the warmth, I think, is my favorite part. There's just something so special mm-hmm. about like a, a textile piece, something that you can really touch, something that's warm and, you know, something that you could hug and it felt it feels like it could hug you back, you know? And I think that's one of the best ways to transport like a feeling of love and, you know, in wool or yarn or textiles, because it just, there's something so breathable and like, it feels alive almost. And I've been really enjoying making with materials like that, because it just, like you said, it just feels warm. It just feels like something special. And I, I don't foresee myself, you know, abandoning textile art anytime soon. But the only thing that, you know, leaves me feeling like, oh God, I, I don't know if I could keep doing this forever. It's just, you know, like the time and materials get expensive and sometimes paint and like printed, you know, materials, sometimes they just add something to a space that like a textile piece can't, you know? And it's important to have your toes in so many different, you know, different waters so you can, um, so you can have like those pieces, you can make those pieces that feel warm and you can make those pieces that just feel pretty, you know? You don't have to always you know, make a Michelangelo style piece in yarn, you can do it in so many different mediums. And I I think being able to keep that up and transfer that like love and warmth and anything I'm making is just so important. But the textile pieces just feel so special right now that I think I love that you have those different options for people, because the reality is, is like, I think that having three different styles of your art in my home is like part of the thing that makes my home homey. You know what I mean? Like rather than just having like one medium, it is really fun to have like different pieces. And I think a lot of people that are very clueless as to like, how do I build, you know, my, like my little art gallery at home and like build some displays that like really speak to me and like, you know, just 
help me feel better at home. I think that that's one of the best ways is to kind of look at different mediums because I think a lot of people will just buy like one medium (laughs) and then be like, and I'm done. And I just feel like it adds so much like dimension and, and, you know, I don't know, beauty. If you kind of go outside the box and look at different, you know, ways to display art and, you know, whatnot, instead of just going with one, one particular way, you know? Right. Right. It's, um, I don't know. I think people really don't know because, you know, no one's ever really taught how to start a gallery wall or invest in art. And I think it's, you know, a lot of times people are just figuring what they like too. And with social media, um, people are seeing so many different art, so many different art styles and ways of making that, you know, it's so hard to understand them all, but they all have something special to bring to the table. And I don't know, it's just a whole new world for people who are interested in art because people like me are around now, you know, like there's just, there's an artist for every type of person who's collecting, you know, and it's, it's really interesting seeing how um, textile art has taken off. Ceramic art has also really taken Mm -hmm. off. Yeah, for sure. Um, Candle making, like there's so many different, um, so many different things that have just been so special to see. And I'm, I don't know, I'm really interested to see what's coming out in like the next like two years, you know, like trends are coming so fast, faster than I can keep up with. And I'm just really, I'm really interested to see how technology will also um, make a difference in these pieces. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I I feel like I'm just so in awe of everyone, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to really like sum up how special this moment is in the past year with COVID and quarantine because people have had time to really explore different ways of making. They can um, just, you know, create for themselves. They can create to sell and, you know, it's all really, really special. Yeah. So speaking of time, (laughs) we have talked about a little bit about how much time it takes, but specifically (laughs) going into more detail, how long does it take for you to create a piece? And then do you have a favorite piece that you've sold thus far? And I mean, I'm sure that's asking what's your favorite child, but you like to ask the hard questions. (laughs) Just, um, I did my first piece for a gallery, um, in Savannah and they just mailed me back the piece, which is my favorite piece that I have so far. Um, and it's huge, so I had to get like a signature for it. But we're back; <laughs> like we never left. It's um. So that piece is congratulations. About, thank you. It's about I want to say three feet tall, and maybe like two feet wide. It's very big, and it took me about a week straight, <laughs> and it was about forty hours of work, and it was all done by hand, and I did. A lot of, um, I don't know, I had to do like a lot of like rallying to like finish it because it was a really like tight timeline. And I don't mind a tight timeline, but when you're creating something for like a gallery, just like the nerves and everything get really um, tied into it. So I, I feel like you can almost like feel my anxiety in the piece, you know, but it's one of the pieces that I think I'll look back and always love because it, you know, it has such a fun playful quality to it like it has orange combs it has like plastic hair um hair berets from like my childhood it has you know a lot of elements that make me think about like my black childhood and I think it'll always be my favorite piece just for because of the scale and I don't know it, it, it everything I make becomes my favorite piece but this one just kind of sticks out as 
something really special, you know, and it's on my, my Instagram. It's like one of the, um, one of the first posts, I think, um, that you see when you go there and it's so striking and I, I'm just so proud to like have made it, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm almost afraid because it's so good that I feel like, what if this is the, the best I can do, you know? But I think every creative kind of has that, that fear when they make something really nice, you know? I bet you guys feel that the same way with your individual practices too. Like you reach the pinnacle and it's almost like, oh God, how can I top this? Oh boy. I feel like that's a young person. (laughs) (laughs) And like over time, you're going to get old like we are where we're like, we did the best we can. (laughs) But I do remember that feeling and I think I'm getting back to that. I think burnout is real. Uh That's where I'm coming from because now I'm, I'm on the other side and I'm actually excited about design again and I'm excited about type again and I'm excited about yeah development again like I, I not know that you stopped being excited <laughs> about type that is wild I've been paying bills <laughs> but now I'm at the point where I like I don't know what happened I guess I woke up one day and I was like like yesterday I spent two hours just looking at different websites looking at different web fonts and stuff so I get like so now that I feel like I'm excited, I can feel that feeling again of like, if I create something great, which hopefully I will be, that's what I'm trying to work on. Yes. Uh, I, I will feel that again. I'll be like, okay, well, this was the best I did. So this is my, <laughs> this is my thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is my, this is my Mona Lisa. But you know, what's great about your work is that you, like from a consumer point, like from my point of view, what you're doing, and I understand this because it's personal. And Lauren, look at that piece. Yeah, like, yeah. It's my childhood. It's, it's you know, it's our you know the the hair bows, the barrettes, the hair on the side. My, it's my daughter's childhood. So I think that's what I think is so great what, that we, it's something we did, we lived it. But you are gonna have so many more experiences. You're gonna do that again, and I'm so excited for you to do that, that again. Oh, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I, I think definitely being young is like the source for a lot of my artistic anxieties. It's, it's almost hard to build up like a, a context for what could happen, what will happen when you're just, you know, only like a few years into the game. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful, of like, there's going to be at least like four yeah. more years of this. <laughs> so I it's really like, it starts down, to really but, hit you when you, you know, go over the hump of like turning 30, because you realize, because like, before you turn 30, you're really like, you understand 30 is not old, but you're kind of also like, you know what, 30 is old, like in your mind, it's just like, it's old, you know? Yeah, but but for a lot of people, I think that's the case. And then when you get over the other side of that, you're really just like, wow, like we, I really have a long time to continue creating and exploring and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was full of, I mean, I'm full of anxiety now, but I was really full of anxiety in my mid twenties for sure. And it definitely, uh, it definitely was one of those things where I was always worried about, you know, what was next and was I, I, I just had this like fear that I was just going to like show up to like photograph a wedding and like, not like just lose every sort of, um, you know, everything that I had. Like, I don't know why that was always, cause it was just kind of like, you know, you feel like you're, you have to be like on obviously when you're, you know, shooting an event. And so I'd always like, what if I show up and I just have forgotten everything? That was just always my fear. I have no idea why, because why would that happen? (laughs) Um, But that was just, you know, something I was always super concerned about. But I think that the fact that you're exploring so many different mediums at your age is really, really, really important um, because that's going to help you avoid getting burnt out and help you, you know, just continue to like, 
explore and find new, you know, avenues and different ways to express yourself and that sort of thing. I do think that like when I was doing, you know, weddings 24 seven, I was not happy. And I was, I did have, you know, a lot of anxiety around my career. Once I kind of stepped back from that and started getting into different sort of things, candle making, working on branding with other small businesses and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. That's when I really was like, Oh, like, yeah, I'll definitely be an entrepreneur forever. Like I can definitely create for a long time frame and not feel, you know, burnt out and over it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I think when there's the commercial aspect inserted into whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. um, and there's finances involved and livelihood is dependent upon if you can or cannot create, I really feel like that, you know, makes it, it, it really speeds up the burnout, you know? when you don't have like a personal project going on or something to remind you why you're doing it in the first place, it really just feels like another, another job. And I've started to like, I've started to stop thinking of what I'm doing as a dream job because I don't want to work. I don't, don't, (laughs) I've realized that I never have, and I've only been a hard worker because I have to feed myself. And now I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, I have to separate the idea that making a lot of money is what's going to keep me in this, you know, like I need to stop thinking about money at all if I want to keep doing this because, you know, once you give into, at least with, with me, once I give into, you know, finances, 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 the magic's lost, you know, like I, I feel like a, a a cog in in the machine, you know, even if the machine is pretty and (laughs) full of color, it just, you know, it, it feels really limiting. So I realized like I have to hustle, but hustle ethically for me, (laughs) if that makes sense. Having that balance is important. I, um, I've been really, yeah. Oh yeah. I've been really enjoying like this found newfound freedom that, you know, unemployment gave me, um, you know, I'd been working consistently since I moved to New York and I never really had a chance to like take some time off and just work. And that those couple of months where that's all I did to set myself up to be where I am now is probably like, that's the the catalyst for my whole life changing. You know, like I, I never realized how much, you know, making money stopped me from doing what I needed to do, you know, investing the time better instead of, you know, being profitable. And I don't know, I, I'm really enjoying being able to not worry about money right now. I, I know that is not going to be my situation forever. Coming in, you know, I'm I have the, the liberty to explore and that's been keeping me so inspired and so motivated to keep going. And I I don't know, I'm I'm just so grateful that I've figured out that, you know, I, I just probably don't have what it takes to be like a full time like finances focused entrepreneur. Like I'm going to have to just like step into the space of being like a fine artist and, you know, make that work. Uh, I've also learned through like selling my response has been amazing, but I've, I also realized like, I just, I don't know, like, I just don't really have the, the kind of heart to sustainably put out works to sell in that way every single month. Um, you know, selling your own work is hard. Like you're putting a lot of your soul and, you know, you're promoting yourself and hoping that people take to it and it gets really exhausting and it really takes you away from the heart and soul of what you're doing a lot of the time. Like I, when I'm preparing to do like a drop of pieces, 
60% of what I'm doing is working on the art itself, but 40% is mm-hmm. shipping, logistics, um, you know, packaging, you know, website maintenance. Like it, it's, it's a lot. And I, I really respect everyone who has like the, the heart for that. You know, like, I just don't think I'm cut out <laughs> to do, to do um, all of that for the rest of my life by myself. You know, like I'm really looking forward to being able to hire someone eventually to do all of that. So I can get back to what, to the, you know, to the making full time. But we'll see. It's important that you know that though. That's, I think that's, you know, that's really good that you already understand that about yourself, you know? Oh yeah. I think you have to like learn what you don't want a lot to be able to figure out what you do want. And I realized after doing my like first two drops that like, I really don't like (laughs) shipping and because it's Mm -hmm. so nerve wracking, you know, especially today's, um, you know, the way that we're used to packages arriving and stuff like you have to have really beautiful packaging and it has to get there in like the same week you ordered it you know you have to be available to answer questions and things like that and I just never realized how you have to be on 24 7 if you are you know selling yourself in that way and it's it's cool but I just don't know if that's going to be what I foresee my I just don't know if that's going to be what I do all the time I'm you know really stepping into like a fine art space instead of like a commercial art space that feels more comfortable for me. Um, it feels a little less, you know, it feels like I have a lot more freedom to just create what I want and then, you know, enter it in a show or enter it in to, uh, you know, for consideration for residencies or something like that, as opposed to like promoting myself and selling my work like that. And I'll probably be doing a mix of both until I can get myself in the MoMA or something. Well, that kind of like leads into yeah. my next question, which is, you know, I really want to know what the process was like for you to merge yourself as an artist and a business owner, because I know that it was something that you were very um, hesitant to do because I've been on you for like years. I've been like, oh, yeah, you need a website. You need this. You need that. And you've always been like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I know you've been like really hesitant. So how has that really been for you? Yeah, I think it's just the fear of not having everything that I wanted to do figured out yet. Um, Like I had a lot of anxiety of like, well, if it's not a fully put together package, like what's the point of me putting it out, you know? Um, And when I got over that and I just put up my website and just just dove in, um, I realized like you you can't wait (laughs) for everything to be perfect. You kind of just have to dive in when when you can. And you know, it's been a blessing seeing the response and I'm still so surprised and grateful for it every day. Um, but it's so scary. <laughs> and it's so, cause I've, I think before I started selling my work online, I'd only shipped a package maybe once in my life. And so just learning all of it by myself and, you know, having to figure out all of that by myself was really, it was a bit of a daunting task and I always knew it would be. So I didn't want to dive into it until I felt like, okay, I can actually do this. And, you know, even now I still don't 100% feel like I can actually do it. I'm kind of just doing it and hoping that no one clocks me, but it's, it's, it's difficult. I think when you have more of an artistic mindset, as opposed to like a business mindset, all of your decisions kind of end up, uh, I I don't know. Like, I, I don't find myself making a lot of like smart business decisions. It all comes down to like, what is going to work best for me and my art, you know? And, you know, if I were more business savvy, like I would be 
you know, sending my designs offshore to like India or something to produce and, you know, which I eventually would love to do. But I think right now I'm just so focused in, on just making the work that capitalizing off of it right now seems a little premature. If I were to do anything crazier than what I'm doing right now, um, I think I really want to make all of the right steps in the right time frame. Like I, I was going to do like an S Corp or an LLC or something. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should wait until I, you know, actually know what those mean. So it's just, it's just like taking it like super, super slow. And I think I'm taking it more slow than some people in my life would like for me to. They're like, Aliyah, you need to do work. Aliyah, please, please, please. You know, I want this piece. I want this piece. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I can still deliver something innovative, you know, for me and for the people that are watching and waiting. And I think that the best way to do that is to just take it slow and try not to get too deep into business and just try and, you know, make sure the center of it all is good art, you know, first and foremost. Um, I never want to be in a position where I'm just selling things to sell them. I want to, I want to sell them because they deserve to be out in the world. Like I don't want to produce just to produce, if that makes sense. sense. And I really love that you, you know, you already have come to that conclusion, I think at a really young age, because I think so many people are just very much like, of course, we all have to pay our bills. Like we have to put a food on the table, you know, that's fine. But there's a lot of people that just want to grow to grow. They want to grow to have numbers and they want to be seen to be seen and they just want to make money. And they're not actually trying to create something that is really going to be around because there's no substance behind it. You know what I mean? So you can go viral, but if you don't have anything to back that up after the fact, then going viral is not going to do anything for you. I know plenty of people who've gone viral in their career before like they were really ready and they ended up not being able to really mm-hmm. capitalize off of that moment anyways because they were like, oh, well, I don't really truly know what I'm doing yet. So it's they still had to do that uphill exactly. climb even after like having quote unquote viral success. That doesn't really, you know, having those numbers, having those things like doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be having longevity, you know, in your career. Yeah. And I think especially in the medium that I'm working with right now, like tufting as a medium mm-hmm. has gone viral since quarantine. And I've been interested in, you know, like I, I have that machine to make rugs as well and I don't use it as much and I use the like a hand tool to do it and I've been really interested in doing that since like 2019 not to say like oh I've been here before all of them because that you know that's not the case it's just that the the medium has gone viral and so now like a lot of people who aren't necessarily like focused on making textile art as you know their career are jumping in and you know a lot of them are are having like success in a way that that's cool. And on the outside, it seems like, oh, wow, I want that kind of success. But really and truly, like, I I think being focused on your own niche and trying to figure out how to make, you know, something trendy, sustainable, (laughs) and something that will be around and making sure your taste level and the work that you're creating is something that people treasure 10 years from now, as opposed to going, oh yeah, that was very of the times, is, you know, something that I'm, that's always at the forefront of my mind. You know, um, I never want to be an artist who's making work that can be pinned down to like a, a certain time, you know, like, I don't want them to ever be like, oh yeah, this was, you can tell this was made in 2021 because of the the trendy X, Y, and Z in this piece, you know? Um, and it's just... 
it, I think it just, you know, comes down to intention and separating your ego from what you're doing. Because a lot of people will enter, you know, they'll enter crafts or hobbies that they think will make them money really fast. Um, or they'll do it because they're like, oh, I want to go viral, like you said, or I want to, you know, I want the eyes on me. And you can always tell when mm-hmm. work is being made like that, you know? Not to say that valid or that work doesn't deserve to be here but you can just tell what the intention is and I think more than people who's more than people realize you know and so at the core of it if my ego is set as if my ego is just not in the picture and I'm just making the work because I am passionate about it and because there's a lot of intention behind it it will do well you know like you can't you, you know it'll be it'll do well because of the intentions that I'm setting in place, you know, like having the eyes or having the engagement means nothing at this point, because that feels hollow when the work can be forgotten easily, you know, like you, I want to make work that like leaves you thinking about it for a while. Like I want the kind of work that, you know, you want to like dump, like dive into, you know, live in. And it's so important to have that be the focus because otherwise it'll just be like, you know, another piece, you know, something that's there, but nothing that has that kind of, um, that kind of draw and pull to it, I you know? It. I can listen to you talk about art yeah, all day. I definitely. I was going to say, please start an art podcast and let me come as a guest so we can talk about Because I have so many things that I want to talk to you about that I'm like, this podcast would never end because I have so many things. That I <laughs> it would be a special two-hour edition. Seriously. Um, so one thing that I think a lot of creatives, especially, you know, artists think about what, our art means to the people who see it and want it and enjoy it. So what is the thing that you hope that, you know, your, the patrons take away from when they receive a piece from you, when they get a piece of your collection, when they're adding you to their home, like what is the thing that you hope that they feel? Um, I hope that the, the love and the energy and the years of, intentionally you know creating work I I hope that all of that you can like feel it in the piece that you know of mine you know like I hope that every time you look at it you can just tell like this was made with love and care and consideration and I I just hope that you know no matter what I'm making in any medium it just it it feels like love you know just uh, a a pure expression of love, whether, no matter what the subject matter may be, you know, light or, 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 you know, a little heavier. Like, I just hope it feels like someone who loved making, you know, made this piece. Like, like I said, I feel like very, like, I feel love and warmth from it. And just uh, like a lot of joy, like childhood joy um, from certain pieces. So you're pretty much nailing it. Yeah, I mean, I will. Yeah, say about my, I don't know. Remember, yeah, I bought like a ton of bags because I bought bag. them for like all the black girls in my life. Well, I bought them through Bagu and like not technically you, so I guess you didn't see. But everyone who I know who's a black girl got one of your bags, <laughs> and oh. I use it every day. And I love that I can go into spaces because <laughs> we live in a mostly white space. I go in my white spaces with my bag, and I feel—I don't know—it feels good. And people do look at it, people ask me about it, and so oh, okay. Um, it does give love. Your pieces give love. Even when it's not coming directly from you, I feel. Yeah. I, felt, I, I was most excited to give it to Angelica stuff. out of everybody because I knew that 
it would really speak to her. And like, you know, because she's an artist, like she'd understand all of it. And I was just like, oh my God, like it was, I was supposed to wait and give it to her for like a special occasion. And I remember like not being able to wait because I was just like, I just got to get it to her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that you guys like love that. I uh, truly, that project was like a dream come true. Like project of my wildest dreams. And it just makes me so happy that people are using the bags and they enjoy it. And, you know, it's, it's just so it, it's so nice to be like appreciated in that way, you know, when because I couldn't I can't tell who um, who bought the bags or something. They sold out so fast. And so I was just I was just in awe. But just knowing that there are people in my life and people who don't even like know me that well, who are just enjoying this product that, you know, I was able to have a hand in creating it just makes me feel so good. And I just I love that you guys have. Yeah, it's my daily. I use mine too. um, DC as well. And like when we go out to, you know, different museums or parks or whatever, like definitely whenever there's other black girls in the room, like I always get compliments on it. So yeah, yeah. I love it so so much. It's, it's one of my favorite. It's, it's my favorite bag that I have period. And it's like one of my favorite, I, cause I consider it like an art piece as well. So it's like one of my favorite art pieces. Yeah, it's um, I'm so happy that like, I got the chance to do that kind of project because the entire premise of the project was creating, you know, black, like it was a black designer creating work that just hasn't been out there before, you know, like, I I really hope that a lot of my work feels like it's made for black women, you know, and and that piece especially was like a culmination of like a lot of thoughts and aesthetic, uh, just like desires I had for wanting to like see on a tote and it just it turned out so great and projects like that really keep me feeling so you know in awe that people believe in me enough to let me do crazy stuff like that you know so I'm just so grateful and I think about it sometimes when I'm feeling a little like oh god I don't know if my work is that great you know I can look back at that tote and be like you know at least at least bag <laughs> yes. corporation believes in me so you are super inspired by your childhood you've obviously been in you know the pressure cooker that is scad that you know you've been constantly like influenced and in creating when you were in that um, situation and now you live in New York City you're in Brooklyn and so there's a lot of inspiration to be had there but where are you finding inspiration these days for like your current projects and what projects or pieces can our listeners look forward to seeing from you coming up soon um the inspiration question is a question I never really know how to answer because I've never really had to go source inspiration I kind of find you know, as, as ridiculous as it sounds, like the inspiration just kind of like lives within me. Like I've never really had to like go source it from anywhere. But the one thing that does help me, you know, feel really connected to my, to my inspiration is, you know, just like people watching. I really, I really like people watching and just kind of seeing the world move on in front of my eyes, if that makes sense. Um, and just feeling like I'm kind of connected to this human experience, even if I'm not directly taking part in it, really leaves me feeling inspired. Um, I, I think like a, a good walk around, you know, the city always keeps me feeling really alive. And feeling alive is more than half the battle in being an artist, you know, just finding, like figuring out uh, how to create a life worth making art about is one of my primary focuses right now. So just trying to always keep myself, you know, balanced, happy, um, exploring new things. Um, That's, you know, keeping me 
feeling really creatively fulfilled and inspired. And I'm just trying to figure out how to do all of that and keep it going sustainably. Um, I have like a lot of, a lot of stuff coming up and, you know, a lot of stuff that I want to still do and things that I'm still playing with. So it's just really important to create, you know, a beautiful life for myself so I can make some beautiful work. Um, I'm, I don't know. I have, <laughs> I have a, a solo show that's supposed to come up in Cincinnati late this year, early next year, um, at a small gallery. So it'll just be an entire gallery of my work, which would be, you know, that's, it's been one of the biggest dreams I've ever had. And just to have it happen at 25 is just such a blessing. And I could cry right now talking about it. That's coming I'm up. I'm going to cry for you. <laughs> like, God, I'm over here, like, as a, as a mother hen, as an auntie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in my auntie bag. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. I love that for you. Yeah, I just, I was so excited to tell my mom and just have, you know, some type of concrete, you know, validation that, you know, the work that I'm making is important and people want to see it. So I'm really focusing on that. I'm like in the process of creating sketches and stuff like that for right now, for that right now. So we'll, we'll see what it's looking like in the next couple of months. I'll have more information on that. Um, I did some print work for Target. I can't really talk too much about it, but it'll be on shelves and available oh my for gosh, purchase I'm gonna in 2022. Out. I hope you know how extra I'm going to be oh. in every Target that I go into. Like I'm going to be doing a whole like exactly. Yeah, maybe we should do a, a Target yeah. date. Where we I'm just going to be so excited. <laughs> just know you guys will be able to have some Elise Salmon looking accessories um very soon for your electronics. So That's keep insane. a lookout for that. I, um, I'm really excited for that. Um, I have a couple, you know, other opportunities that I can't talk too much about because they're still kind of in the works, but I don't know, like there's a possibility of me blogging, um, and doing, you know, more long form conversation type things like this. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it, but you know, things are happening. Things are moving and shaking and I'm so grateful, but it's kind of a lot of, uh, stuff in the air and, Stuff yet to be and seen. Tell our so listeners the best place where they can follow you. So my Instagram is Tyra Banks underscore official. <laughs> it is not Tyra Banks. <laughs> the, uh, the person who she's going to sue one day. And that is my main art Instagram. Um, I also have a website, Aaliyah, A-L-I-Y-A-H, Salmon, S-A-L-M-O-N.com, where you can find all of my work. Um, you can also reach out if you have an inquiry or if you want to collaborate on something, please shoot me an email there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I hate it, but I'm there. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram. If you want to find me there, you can see most of my up-to-date work on that platform and I'll be updating it as regularly as awesome. I can Well, thank you to. so much, Aaliyah. I'm just, I'm just so proud of you. Like, ugh, I just feel like I'm going to cry because I'm just so impressed with what you've done and you've grown so much over the years. And I mean, you've always been like an amazing kid, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just super, super proud of you. John and I talk about you all the time and just how you're killing it. And, you know, we miss you and we're proud of you. And I can't wait to see you next time I'm in New York. See you guys too, since you guys are much closer. Thank you for always, you know, being a ardent supporter of my work even before I even knew I was making work you know I'm and so glad that I knew you back then because so now I have all these original pieces so <laughs> that's yep. selling for you and my brother days, Alex like I always say the same thing I'm like one day you guys your pieces are going to sell for a lot and I have a whole bunch of them so I feel very very excited about that <laughs> <laughs>
this early curator. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me on. This has been such joy. Um, hope to do it again sometime soon.